Every time this uh, gospel comes up, I, uh, I'm drawn to think about uh, priesthood. Um, you know, the harvest is, how's that go? The harvest is many, but the laborers are few. So send out, ask the Lord to send out uh, laborers for his harvest. Um, so it naturally got me thinking about, well, gosh, why did I become a priest? Um, it's not that I ruminate about that every day, but you know, once in a while, I just sort of reflect on how did that happen? Um, I found that throughout my priesthood that I'm not alone. Actually, a lot of people who knew me in high school say the same thing. How did that happen? Um, things, you know, things like, we never thought you would be a priest. Me neither. Um, how does that happen? Well, I, I remember it was around, I think it was the fall of 1988. So I was my senior year of high school. And of course I was, you know, you got to, think about college, what are you going to do after high school, and, and all the rest. And uh, by then, I had been really immersed in music, so I decided that, that I was going to study music in college. And I told my mom she was thrilled, um, and, you know, because she just, she loved music as well, and forced me to play piano when I was little. So she loved it, and she said, well, you're going to have to tell your dad, though, you know, which doesn't mean dad wasn't supportive, but dad was very practical. So you know, immediately came the question, so how are you going to make a living though? <laughs> how are you going to have a family and, you know, sustain that and, and all the rest? And I said, I have no clue. Um, I don't know. All I know is that I love this and it's what I feel called to do. Um, then a few years later, I mean, I'd been in and out of different relationships. I'd been engaged to be married and all the rest. And, um, but I had also been considering priesthood. So a few years later, I decided to apply for seminary. I told my mom she was thrilled and you know, um, she thought that was great. And she said, well, you're gonna have to tell your father. And um, <laughs> so I told dad, and I don't know if he said it or if his eyes said it, but it was basically something like, so you basically decided not to make any money in your life. Like musician, you're interested in philosophy, they don't make any money. And now priesthood and, you know, you get a salary, but, you know, anyway. Um, but of course, he was, he was very supportive as well. But why would, I don't know, I think it's curious. A lot of people will ask me like, well, how did that happen? Why did you decide? And I think the, the way in which that decision came about is, is relevant for, for all of us perhaps looking at what to do in life, not just priesthood. And I, I, what was instilled in me by my mother from a very young age was to always keep God in the conversation. So if you're, if you're thinking about doing X, Y, and Z, particularly big things, you know, not little things like what flavor of ice cream, but, you know, big things like vocational things, what to do with your life, where, you know, ask God if he's calling you to something, Invite him into the conversation. You know, is, is God calling you to ask her to marry you? Is, is she the one? Is she the one that, that God has brought into your life to the best of your knowledge? And, and there isn't a dichotomy between where our heart is leading us and then where God might lead us. Actually, what I've found is that very often the Lord confirms what our heart desires and loves whether that be you know, marriage, for some people it's, it's priesthood, for some it's religious life. Um, no matter what it is though, there's, there's really a big difference between looking at life and saying, what do I wanna do? 
just for me. And looking at it a different way or, or a little bit more fuller by saying, what do I wanna do? And what does God maybe want me to do? And maybe the two are not mutually exclusive. Maybe they go hand in hand, but inviting God into our lives in such a fashion is really, really important. It changes the way that, that we really look at these large decisions in life, but it also can lead us to different experiences we, we never imagined. I, I never imagined uh, all of the blessings that I would receive as a priest. I, I didn't even really think about it. There's things I discovered about myself. I mean, quite frankly, good and bad, but, but particularly you know, good, a, a lot of things that God developed in me by being a priest that I, I had no clue. I had no understanding of it when I was younger, but the Lord brought that out as I went further and further into seminary and then into the priesthood. I remember um, driving to seminary the very first year and it was in Indiana, Southern Indiana. So I went to see some family in Northern Iowa and uh, it was my dad's side. So it's the German side. Those of you who know what that means, you know what that means, but the German Lutheran side. And I remember over the course of two days, my uncle kept asking me, he's like, so you don't like girls? And I'm like, yeah, man, I like girls. That isn't the problem. Actually, that presents a different problem. He kept asking, so, so don't you like girls? I'm like, yeah. Needless to say, he was not my favorite uncle. <laughs> but he didn't get it, you know, and it's understandable, right? I mean, why would somebody do that? You know, why would somebody join the, the priesthood? There must be something wrong, something he's running from. Well, I can't speak for anyone else, but that wasn't, that wasn't the case in my life. Yes, I was running from women. I was being chased mercilessly by all these women. And I had to, I mean, how could I settle on one? It wasn't fair. So <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, it reminds me of, uh, do you remember the movie, The Bells of St. Mary's? Any of you, uh, my mom had us watch these. Uh, it's a great, great old movie. And uh, speaking of beautiful women, Ingrid Bergman. Oh my gosh, beautiful woman. She plays the nun. And there's that girl, you know, I don't remember all the names, but those of you, you'll remind me later. But anyway, the, the young girl is, uh, she goes to Sister Ingrid and uh, says, well, I wanna be a nun like you, you know? And, and she's like, well, why do you wanna be a nun? And basically she wanted to be a nun to get away from her family. And this line has always stuck with me. Sister Ingrid says, <laughs> you know, you don't become a nun because you're running from something. You become a nun because you're running towards something, towards someone. And, you know, that's of course very impactful when you look at religious life, but it really should be impactful for all of us, right? Whether it's marriage, whether it's priesthood or religious life, we're running toward Jesus and looking to invite him deeper into our lives, no matter what we choose. All right, so that's the first part of my homily. The second part of my homily is this. The, the disciples, the 72 are being sent out to proclaim the good news, right? They're being sent out to tell other people about the kingdom of God, about Jesus. And this is particularly the task of the laity to go out and proclaim the good news, to go out and share the good news with others. I know it was a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I challenged you to invite people 
to, you know, come to mass, to come to church and just invite, just offer an invitation. And when we look at, look at this gospel, the Lord very much puts it on us to invite people to be in relationship with him. Not to coerce people, not to threaten people, well, you better go to church, none of that stuff, but to invite. There's a quote, I don't remember. You're never supposed to quote somebody unless you say who it's from. I don't remember who it's from. But the quote goes like this, Christianity is nothing more than one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. We all look and search to be fed, to be nourished, particularly spiritually, but we don't always know where to go. I mean, I think we kind of know, but a lot, of, a lot of us here have been found and we found the Lord. And there's a whole lot of people out there who are looking and they want to be nourished, they want to be fed, but they don't know where to go. It's our task, it's our responsibility to share with them, not, to, not in a confrontational manner, but to merely share, hey, this parish has made a huge difference in my life. This is where I am nourished. This is where I'm fed. Come and see that invitation. It's amazing how that invitation might change someone's life. You might radically change someone's life, not by being heavy-handed, but just gently inviting and saying, you know, come check it out. They always have a lot of donuts. They always have too many donuts. What can you say about St. Thomas More? They have a lot of donuts. All right. Well, if that gets them here, that's fine. But let's, let's see. So, it, you know, to recapitulate, um, number one, inviting the Lord into the conversation about what am I supposed to do with my life and continue to do with my life really changes everything. And then number two, how do we reach out to others? There's somebody in your life who needs that invitation. Think about who that is and just merely invite them and say, you know what? I'm fed here. Why don't you join me? Who knows whose life that invitation might radically change? Please stand.